What's up, everybody? Ryan, ATX Metal Podcast, back again with another episode. And in this episode, I sit down with Nathan and Jay of Vox Nostra, a tech death, techie, progressive, just it's fucking metal out of Houston. They're brand new. They're barely a year old. I don't even think they're close to two years, coming up on their two-year mark. But uh, I had a cancellation, and they just happened to jump into my DMs on ye old Instagram, and we were able to set up an interview next day. So we jumped on Discord. And uh, we've just been chatting for the past hour or so. And, I mean, just getting to know them guys, you know, how the band came about, the style of music they play. And we also got to learn a little bit about them as, you know, people. Like, uh, uh, Nathan is, that dude learned violin uh, off a leap pad at the age of four. <laughs> I just thought that was an interesting fact. Uh, he's also going to, you know, Berkeley. And then we got uh, Jay, band dad, de facto, bass man. He is a director over at the Houston School of Rock, so that's really rad, and we talked about all of the stuff that he does in in that role in teaching kids, and, you know, got to start them when they're young. But ultimately, we found out, you know, more about the band since, like I said, they are brand new. So just sit back, relax, and, you know, enjoy the episode. And this is kind of like one of those one of those episodes I did back in the day on the Have You Heard you know, the Have You Heard series where it was like, you know, new band to me, new band to us, and just getting to know the band and their music. And they also have some upcoming shows, Scout Bar debut show with Upon and Burning Bodies. So that's going to be rowdy. Again, that's December 17th at Scout Bar. And uh, yeah, then they also have some stuff coming out. They've got their next single that'll be out soon. And then their album is going to hopefully be released next summer. So again, like I said, just a new band, new band to us, new band to you and just get to know them and their music and what they're up what they're up to and what they're uh what they got planned for so and as always thank you come and take it come and take it live come and take it productions for your tireless support of this podcast letting us letting me basically throw shows at your venue uh speaking of throwing shows december 2nd atx metal podcast showcase with the browning left to suffer tracheotomy mouth breather Tala, Chamber, Living Hollow, Stoneside, Lament, Familiar with Failure, Cezora, Mirror Lake, and the Arkin After Party DJ set. It is going to be a knockout drag out. It's going to be so much fun. We're going to have some stuff to raffle off. I'm going to raffle off some acoustic panels, maybe two sets. So, you know, get there, get your raffle tickets, and, uh, you know, win a little something, something. But ultimately, this is going to be the big, not not this is, this is the biggest show that I've ever thrown. So uh, tickets right now are $20. You can get them from me personally. Uh, I believe the link is in the Instagram bio. Uh, but get your tickets from a local because that money goes directly back into their pocket. And it lets the venue know that these people are out there hustling, selling tickets, getting people in the door to, to, to enjoy a, a fun night of music. And also you can, you know, pick a ticket up from me. I obviously have them. So please, 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 December 2nd, it's a Saturday. It's going to start at like 3 o'clock. It's going to be an all-day thing, so drink a fuck ton of water, bring some snacks, <laughs> and we're just going to have a really good time. Also, shout out to uh, Texas Metal United. If you are in a band and you want some help with some promotional stuff, you can either send it to myself, uh, anywhere that ATX Metal Podcast exists in the social media world, um, or you can hit up uh, Texas Metal United on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and just let them know that you'd like a little little promotion support, and we'll do what we can. So, again, December 2nd, ATX Metal Podcast Showcase. 
thank you come and take live come and take productions texas metal united uh shout out to all the locals shout out to all the homies and yeah shout out to box nostra so here we go let's get it What's up, everybody? Ryan, ATX Metal Podcast, back again with a episode that almost crashed and burned, but we had someone to come in at the last minute and save it. I'm here with Vox Nostra, a heavier side of metal from Houston, Texas, which when I think of Houston, Texas, I instantly go towards the hardcore, deathcore, tech death side. I don't know what it is about Houston and why you guys are so strung out over there and uh, making all this crazy music. But anyway, uh, we're here recording uh, on a Sunday afternoon. Learn a little bit about this new band uh, that's new to us and new to the scene. So go around the room. Uh, who's here? What you do in the band? And then uh, we'll just kind of go from there. Yeah. So uh, I'm Nathan Buckoff. I'm the vocalist. I help out where I can try to do a little bit of composing with our guitarist Juan and uh, just try to be like the Swiss Army knife of the band, get in where I fit in. Uh, my name is Hasiad Ramirez, but most people call me Jay. I am uh, the bass player in the band, and I kind of man- try to manage things where I can, uh, try to get my opinions on the songwriting process, and uh, also contribute a lot to the social media aspect of it. Oh, you, you don't have to be. You don't have to be so bashful. You do manage things. He's a guy. Right, he I reaches t- out. He does tell, most of our social media. I tell these motherfuckers what to. I mean, hold on, wait, wait. We can cuss, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would. You, you can cuss, but you know, just be professional. <laughs> I keep him. All right, I keep these guys in line. That, that's true. <laughs> so, so band dad, if you will. He is. He's a band daddy. Yeah. I am. Yeah. Hold on, my daughter's sneaking in here. Grab your, grab your markers. Go ahead. You want to come give me a hug? Come on. (laughs) (laughs) All right, now stay out. All right. Now that the kids are out of the way and we got the introductions. uh, So just go ahead and give me a rundown because when, um, when uh, I I forget who hit me up on, who hit us up on Instagram? It was me. It was uh, Jay. Yes, sir. So I had a cancellation and he jumped in my DMs and was like, Hey, here's a new single. Check it out. I checked it out. I was like, damn, this is, this is pretty riffy. Let's, let's chat about it. And we were able to kind of, like I said, save the Sunday and get them on here last minute notice. So first off, thank you guys very much for spending a little bit of time. I know that you guys said you were getting together to practice and that kind of works out for all parties involved. So let's just, I mean, I liked it. I like the new single. Is it facade? Yes. So this somebody a long time ago said, you'll never look at it the same if you call it facade. And when I first saw it, that was the first thing that I thought of. I digress. Um, give us a little history about uh, how the band formed, origin stories, uh, what led you guys to play the type of music that you do. And then, uh, yeah, we'll just kind of see what comes up after that. Um, so um, I used to play in a... Uh and a more hard rock kind of band, but I've always been a big metalhead. So 
you know, I wanted to do something in the metal spectrum, you know, and my, I guess you can say my favorite kind of metal is more on the proggier side, progressive metal of all types. So I was like, okay, let me go in that direction. But I didn't necessarily want to, you know, say, all right, I want to do something like Dream Theater or do something like Gent or something like that. You know, I just kind of, so initially I, I had gotten together with some guys and it seemed like we were going more into a Gent direction. That kind of didn't go uh, as planned. So I kind of started at square one. So, but I, I, I knew I still wanted to do something and the progressive side. And that's when um, I came across Nathan on a Facebook group asking, you know, he was like, hey, he kind of looking for a band and saying that he does vocals. So I'm like, all right. I hit him up on uh, Facebook. I, I hit him up in his DMs. And, uh, you know, I feel like I, I sent him a pretty good pitch. And then this guy's like, hey, let me send you, a, you know, he's like, I have no experience and they're done before. But here's a video of me doing vocals. And he sends me of him doing a cover of a Entombment of a Machine by Joffer, a cowboy. Okay. And as, and as soon as he hit that first scream, I was like, oh, yeah, this is the guy. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, You're making me feel good over here. Keep it coming. Oh, yeah. Well, you had to throw it back to that MySpace death court. Feels good for everybody. <sighs> Bring back MySpace. Can we just go back to like top, top eight, top friends and top music? I mean, that was... Yeah. That's where we all learned how to code, and and we didn't even know we were coding. It's like I want the color yeah. of the background to be zero zero ffd three five star. <laughs> Man, I wasn't doing any coding. I was just copying pasting. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, yeah. So Jay Jay and I got together like May twenty twenty two, and we brainstormed there, and we didn't really have anybody else at the time. Uh, it was kind of just me and him and all of our ideas. So uh, we used. A couple of different Facebook pages and our own personal networks to try to reach out to different musicians. And we came across a very talented guitarist who was playing with a, another band called In the Native Tongue of a Horse named uh, Juan Diaz, who's just I don't I don't want to say virtuoso, but I mean oh. he's he's very, very he's a very talented guitarist. I mean the guy's been playing for over 10 years and just had like a backlog of songs written. He was like, hey, i I'm very capable of composing music playing this stuff i've done this before and then when we met with them we we jived we felt like it was a really good fit and we, we became personal friends as well as bandmates and then a couple months later i mean drummers at least in houston are one of the hardest things to find because like yeah they're hard everywhere man yeah and they're all in like four or five different bands just trying to get like the time <laughs> the time of day can be can be difficult with them right yeah but um we had a, a guy who actually recently moved down to Houston, recently, like in the past year, year and a half, moved down to Houston from New Jersey. And he had played drums in a band called Falling Through the Center of the Earth. And they're still around. They're going to be releasing an album, I think, hopefully sometime next year. Uh, Stephen Padini. And we got on board with him. We all met up like the four of us and we just headed off. So we started making music together. What would describe the. Uh, describe the the situation when all four were together and the decision was made like yes this this is the way forward this group of gentlemen right here yeah so we basically had like that starting point we're like great we're all together and now what and so we're like all right well we want we started with the end in mind right so we were like okay we want to play live we want to uh not emulate but we want to make music 
some not similar, but we want to make music in the same genre, or I guess in the same method of these different bands that we all liked. Um, so yeah, we started writing two different songs. Uh, it took a little while to produce that. Just life happens. And we ended up recording and, and uh, producing those songs February earlier this year, 2023. And then we ended up dropping them in the fall. And we, uh, yeah, we've got some big announcements coming up. I don't know if Jay wants me to talk too much about that stuff yet. Yeah. I mean, talk, talk at length about any, I mean, this will be out in, you know, a couple of weeks. So that, you know, if you have any like time frame stuff, that's, Less than that, I would say hold your tongue. But <laughs> no, nah, well, if it's gonna be out like in a week, I'm pretty sure by then. And also, like, there's already been postings about it. But um, oh, okay, we uh, we have our debut show on in December, December 17th at Scout Bar over here in Houston. Okay, and uh, it's gonna be opening for uh, Upon a Burning Body. Woo! Shout out Upon. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah we're, upon them, really, really good homies of mine. I go to San. I, we li- I live in. We live in Houston, but I go to San Antonio often because my girlfriend lives over there. Okay. So, um, you know, it was just uh, you know they're good, good buddies, and opportunity came, and I was like, dang, we're going in the deep end. But you know what? That's kind of how we live life, you know. Oh no, man! If you don't, the one thing—not the one thing, but one of the things that I have you know, been very close to over the nine-ish years that I've been doing this is when you see a newly formed band or a band that's considered just, you know, kind of starting out and opening all kinds of shows that, you know, just doing that, doing that legwork, that real, that tough grind when you first start out and getting a chance to be on a bill with someone like Upon a Burning Body. I mean, everybody not everybody, but for the most part, everybody in the surrounding area knows that that band just absolutely kills it. Great, great music and live energy on, on the, on the, on the stage. And so being able to, you know, share the stage with, uh, I never really, I never really got it until maybe a couple of years ago, but being able to say like, I was on the same stage as, you know, insert band here really adds to, I guess the, maybe the validity of the band. I don't know, but it just seems, yeah. it just seems like when there's a really big band that you can jump on board with, even, even if the show goes seven out of 10, you know, everybody knows there's going to be those kind of first show hiccups or, you know, technical difficulties or whatever. But I think it's cool that you guys, and upon a burden body seems to be very, very local band minded. Mm-hmm. Does that, does that make sense? It's yeah, yeah. I, I agree. They they seem yeah. to really. It's almost like they're not even as big as they are. They're just like, oh, we're all homies. We're all in the same fight together. Yeah, come on, let's let's throw a show. Because every time they come to Austin, I mean, it is an absolute knockout show. Like three, four hundred people, no problem. So mm-hmm. I, I can imagine that the throwdown in Scout Bar is going to be just you know, as they say, one for the books. Yeah. yeah, that's okay. I saw them in Austin at Come and Take It yep. uh, about a year about a year or two ago, and uh, yeah, it was it was packed the the whole way through. So just such a good yeah. show. What other? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, let's talk about influences. Um, I know that I, I don't personally like to pigeonhole anybody, but like I said, to me, you guys have that technical death style going on, which I absolutely love, and that's the you know. It's not in it's not in my normal quote unquote rotation, 
But when I find new bands, especially local bands, I'll throw that out there and say, look, let me hear some music like this just so I can get back into the groove of it. But the one thing or the couple things that you can definitely count on from bands like y'all is definitely solos and just Rift City. I've, man, like I listening, listening to Facade, I was like, yep, that checks the box. Blast Beats for Life. I mean, they're in there. there there's, there's no lacking on those. And then, the, and then just the vocals. And I mean, just the overall song is just really, I think it's really well done. Um, so who, who all do you guys, you know, like what's, where do you derive, um, influences from? And I guess, where are you trying to take y'all's music to kind of stand out from the crowd? Yeah. So, uh, technical death metal, death metal is definitely where a lot of our tastes overlap. Uh, we've got different, different genres that we like, different genres that we don't like. And I would say a lot of our music taste is actually pretty different from one another. But technical death metal is definitely where kind of that overlaps with each other. Uh, like our drummer, Steven, he's very into like hardcore music, uh, experimental type of stuff, metalcore. But he really, really loves like uh, Beneath the Massacre, Archspire. Mm. Uh, and then, you know, Jay and Juan immediately connected over the faceless. Like it's like when those two met, they were just like... They had like they had ESP, you know, <laughs> yeah. like they were reading each other's mind and they'd be like, hey, have you heard of this album? And then Juan would be like, oh, my God, I love that album. <laughs> and then uh, Juan would send an album in like the group chat and Jay would be like, oh, my God, I love that album. And then uh, for me, like I really like I like grind a lot, honestly. So technical death metal is something that these guys introduced me to. It's not something that I really listened to a whole lot of beforehand, uh, but I'm classic. I'm a classically trained violinist, too. So I oh. really enjoy like. Yeah, I've been playing violin for like 15 years, so I really enjoy like higher level uh, melody driven music and technical death metal. Just like it hit a it hit a uh, a sweet spot with me, hmm. you know. So where did just real quick, where did you learn? I guess where did you go to school to learn the violin and why the violin? Yeah, so I started playing the violin when I was four years old. Uh, I it's it's kind of okay. a funny story, man. So if you look, I don't know if you remember, they had like these things called leap pads, and it was like an yeah. audio book. Yeah. yeah. So my parents bought me one, and it was like about classical composers, and I was like just geeking out over you know Beethoven, Bach, Vivaldi, um, and I was like, I want to play violin, and I bugged them for like a year, and they went to a pawn shop, bought me like a little you know hundred dollar starter violin. And I just started taking lessons. Uh, I joined the army and, and had to stop playing for a few years. And then whenever I got out, I picked it up again. And actually recently started going to uh, Berkeley, B-E-R-K-L-E-E, -E, oh, the one in Boston. Yeah, the very, one in Boston. Very, yeah, I've spoken to quite a few people that are graduates from Berkeley. Very, very prestigious school. Oh, yeah, it's, it, it's a trip. It's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, that's kind of been my, my path so far. I'm currently a student at Berkeley, so I haven't graduated from like the, the school yet. Okay. Uh, but that's, that's, that is in the near future, but mainly like I, I played with the Suzuki school for a while. Uh, if you know anything about the Suzuki method, it's, it, yeah, it was, it's great to get started, but it wasn't kind of, it didn't have the, the flexibility that, that I wanted. It's a very rigid curriculum. Okay. Um, so from there I started meeting up with different instructors that had gone to like Juilliard or uh, UNT jazz school. And I started playing with them on like a, on a, like private lessons. And I, played in the Houston Symphony, uh, well, the Houston Youth Symphony before I joined the Army. And I've got a lot of orchestra experience. And that, that's kind of where my violin journey has taken me. No yeah, shit. I fell in love with like uh, Vivaldi and Paganini, I would say, are, are 
definitely why I started playing violin. Paganini specifically, like that that guy is crazy. What song did you play to get for your uh, interview? Oh, for the Houston Youth Symphony? I just, uh, did you have to, you didn't have to, I guess, like the tryout for Berkeley? Yeah. Oh, for the tryouts for I mean, Berkeley? E- either, either one, yeah. I was just interested in the piece that you played. Yeah. So I played, uh, what is it? Paganini's, I'm trying to remember. It's the 24th Caprice in A minor. Oh, yeah, that, of course. How could I forget? Yeah, how could you forget? I have no fucking clue. So I did that one. And then for the Houston Youth Symphony, man, that was like eight years ago. I can't remember what I did there. But yeah, I did that. And then I submitted like a sample of some stuff that I had composed on like Guitar Pro 8. And the instructor looked at it and he was like, yeah, this is sick. Like, come on, come on board. And I had the GI Bill from the Army. So, I mean, it was kind of like the stars aligned. Well, dude, dude, that's, I mean, uh, thank you for your service. I'm a former Marine myself, so I really, oh, no kidding. I think that it's great that you use the GI Bill to go do music. That's fucking rad. Um, what you do in the Marine Corps? If, I, was just a, quick aside. I was a tank mechanic. Uh, not no by, kidding. Not by default. I lived a Wally and the Beave kind of lifestyle in Central North Carolina for 17 years. And then one day my buddy was walking the halls in high school. He's like, hey, man, you want to join the Marine Corps with me? I was like, yeah, sure. Fuck it. Like it wasn't, (laughs) it wasn't something that I had been planning on. I mean, my dad was a parachute rigger in the 82nd airborne out of Fort Bragg. Uh, he, I was stationed there. He did three years in the eighties, I want to say. Um, and then I just, like I said, that, like, that was how I got into the Marine Corps was just, my buddy was like, Hey, you want to join? Then I joined. And then I got another guy. We had like three or four, three or four guys joined from my high school. Uh, but that's pretty standard in in military i mean you being in the army i'm pretty sure the majority of the people that you met are either like ohio north carolina florida texas california new york and the amount of ohio boys in the army is ridiculous (laughs) i didn't know they had that many people in ohio i mean that is that is the future for not not saying that's the future for ohio kids but i mean it's just a it's an easy it's an easy out no, I mean, yeah. th- I mean, that's the best way I can explain it because it's either like for me, the hometown that I grew up in, it looks like a ghost town from like the 1850s. All the factories mm-hmm. are shut down. Not all of them, but the majority of them. A lot of people have left. A lot of people have died because of meth and other various types of drugs and DUIs. And I just told my, I told my parents, like, look, I love y'all, but I will never live in this county like ever. And then I left when I was 17, went to the Marine Corps. Went out to 29 Palms, California, and really just for the first three months, just experienced life on a whole nother level that I had never been exposed to. And then I didn't study well enough and I failed. And then they shipped me off to Fort Knox, Kentucky, where the tank mechanic school uh, yep. was. But there are no more tank battalions in the Marine Corps. They officially retired them, I think, two years ago because tanks are just, I guess, obsolete in the United States military mind these days. And so we're shipping them all to like Ukraine and Poland and everywhere else. So there's definitely, anyway, I digress. That's, that, I, that's how I became a tank mechanic. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. That was, that, was, that was cool. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, I don't, I don't present my, like when people look at me, I don't really have like that Marine vibe unless we're talking about it or what. And I don't promote myself as one. It's just one of those things. Like that was just a five year stint of my past and, you know, I'm proud of it. Did some really, really cool fucking things. But, uh, but yeah, man, it's like a secret brotherhood. You never know where we're going to pop up or who you're going to meet. 
And even though that we're in different branches of, of the military, there's still like that camaraderie, like we've done some shit that only 1% on the planet are ever going to do such yeah. as, you know, music. I definitely think that people that were in the military that also play music. I mean, that's a totally different breed. And I've, I've met plenty of people just because when you're overseas, there's really not shit to do except jam on your guitar or play on your drum pad or whatever. But anyway, shout out to the vets. If you're out there listening and you're a vet, Simplify, Hua, all that fun stuff. Uh, back to the music. <laughs> <laughs> Berkeley trained, virtuoso on the guitar, de facto dad, bass guy, and drummer from Italy. Does that sum yeah, it up? Kinda. He's like, hey, he's New Jersey, but it's close. <laughs> <laughs> same thing. Same thing. He's not actually yeah. from Italy. Let's not go too far. But um, so tell me about this new song, Facade. I I have listened to it three times now in the in-car test and every time it passes the test. So uh, how did how did it come about? Why this song? I'm pretty sure you guys have others on the back burners. And mm -hmm. is there anything that this song is trying to like uh, foretell? Is it, or is this just like, hey, this is who we are? Yeah, uh, it's kind of, I'm trying to think back. We've, we've been writing, well, we had written that song for a better part of a year when we recorded it. It was originally just, couple riffs and jay does a great job uh, band dad does a great job of like conducting he sits behind the the computer records everything and he does a great job of hey just, let's try this let's do that let's not do this let's cut this part move it here let's take this part out uh, so i think we've probably had at least 10 different versions of the song before we found something that we were all really happy with uh let's see what were, what were some of the other questions oh uh why this song yeah, so we felt like this song was, at least out of the songs that we have recorded right now, it was the strongest opener. We have a couple songs, like you said, on the back burner. We've got uh, an EP in the works, and we felt like Facade, as far as like beginning, middle, end, everything, was the strongest one to, to open with and kind of say, hey, break into the marketplace of Houston because it's a huge city. We've got a lot of very talented musicians here, and we wanted to put something out first that really cut through the noise. I mean, all of our music, I would say, cuts cuts through the clutter. But as an opener, we were really proud of this song. What uh when when is the album due out? Oof, ideally, uh we would like to have it out summer next year. Okay. Okay. So we got time. Yeah. Yeah, we got time. We're gonna drop another single in a few weeks and try to play some li uh, live shows. Jay has some big life changes coming up. Yeah, yeah, next year, yeah. So that's gonna put me out of commission for a bit. Uh, so we're just gonna take the time to write. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, so basically, get a couple out into the ether, play some shows, and then just kind of go back into hibernation. Yeah, well, hopefully not for too ter like too too long. It won't be uh, long. We want to stay active, right? Uh, we stay active as far as like playing shows live. Uh, like kind of get in where we fit in, get people to recognize us as musicians. Cause one thing is just posting it on the internet. Right. Another thing is opening for shows and having people that have never heard of us before. Like, wait a minute, who are these guys? And then they build up a, a little bit of a following and then kind of keep the momentum going and drop the EP. That's the goal. Well, man, I can say that the, just the getting out there part, that's, 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 you know, like you said, you can put stuff on the internet, but, it really doesn't click until you see it live. And I've said it mm -hmm. a million times and I'll say it a million more. The live set is where I get hooked. I can listen to music all day long on my iPod or, or in the car. And you know, it can, it can 
absolutely slap. But if I go see it live and there's just like no energy on the stage or, you know, there's just, I don't know, some drama that might've happened. It's kind of like, oh man, fuck. Mm -hmm. Or you go to the show and you're just standing there just like, this is what I came for. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, absolutely. I and, mean, there've been yeah. plenty of bands where I wouldn't have listened to them on my own, but then you see them live and they just blow you away. That was, that was my introduction into the harder metal. I mean, I know this is the ATX metal podcast, uh, but your boy was raised on like fucking hinder and breaking Benjamin and, not saying that those are bad bands, uh, but that I never made it as a wise man. <laughs> Jay's but, gonna take my spot as vocalist. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was it was just that was the you know the rock or heavy metal that I was uh, introduced to, and then that was a very very brief introduction because after that it turned into uh, as I lay dying, all shall perish. Mm -hmm. Um, oh, yeah. you know, old, uh, oh my God, like Trivium and, uh, A7X before they took a dump. Um, just, just that, that, like that was the progression. And then the mid, and then the mid 2000s metalcore scene just absolutely rocketed. Oh my God. Crushed. And, yeah. And that was, I mean, you want to talk about a good time of music. Woo! Just 2000 to 2009. I'll even give you 2010, but that was. That was my heyday, and that's where I started filling up my my iPod just full of metal. Back when back when iTunes was really the only name in the game where you could, you know, <laughs> legally purchase mm -hmm. music and not have to worry about Napster or or LimeWire coming after you. Uh, but they, no, I I very much relate to that. Yeah, they uh, they as anybody can tell, I'm 40. I'm fucking old, so these stories are a little antiquated for some listening. Cause I looked at, I looked at the demographics yesterday for this and there's a bunch of people that are half my age listening to this. So try to give that little, uh, that little history lesson every now and again, but they probably already know it before I do. But, um, I just, I, I really think that getting out there and, and just, you know, putting, putting a face or faces to a sound, and then you get off stage and everybody comes up and says, man, you guys killed it, da-da-da-da-da, and then they sell some merch. And, you know, so getting out there is definitely, definitely, I, I, I think that's what you guys, I mean, you guys already know this. Why, why, am, I, why am I talking right now? But anyway, um, the, the, do you guys have like any music videos or lyric videos planned for, for anything coming out? Uh, we, it depends, right? So I've heard rumor. I haven't been able to find it, but there's supposedly some kind of grant with the Houston Museum of Fine Arts uh, that would go towards uh, musicians that apply to it to help with music videos. That's something that we're definitely going to look at uh, next year. We don't know exactly what song that we want to do it for. Um, I think Jay and I's feeling on that, and I think once too, was we're going to kind of see what resonates with people live. Okay. And then uh, kind of figure out where we want to go from there. Uh, we've got the band has mixed opinions on a lot of things. So music videos is one of those. Uh, Jay and I freaking love them. Uh, some of the folks are a little bit indifferent on it, but we feel like if we, you know, apply for a grant and get that, then absolutely, there's no reason not to go for it. All the money yeah. you can get, get it. Absolutely, yeah, free oh. money's great. Uh, lyric videos. Uh, I would like to do lyric videos. Right now, we've got a visualizer out with. Uh, facade and we'll have another visualizer with uh, the song that's uh, going to be coming out here in a couple weeks uh, but we don't have anything you know in the in our back pocket that's already produced okay 
Okay. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, just, you know, keep grinding, keep getting, yeah. keep getting it out there. And uh, I mean, with today's, the good thing about social media these days is that you can start a following rather quickly, but you've got to be, you've got to be on top of it. I mean, I struggle. I'm a basically like a one man band over here. So, you know, I dedicate Sundays to nothing but podcasts and I try to get as much as I can done. I always try to edit, you know, definitely edit one entire show to get it posted for, you know, the coming week. But then I also try to like take little clips out and then share it across all the socials. And then I try to, you know, when I'm bored watching football or just it's a been a long day at work and I come home, I'll sit on the couch and just upload short little videos or 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 whatnot to TikTok and just let fucking AI make something look really cool for me. <laughs> like I just did one for the December 2nd showcase that I'm doing to come and take it with uh, the Browning and left to suffer and tracheotomy and mirror Lake and Stoneside and lament. And I mean, just a whole, it's a, it's a 12 band festival essentially. And, oh, we, yeah. and we have a DJ after party that, that's going to have like some, some metal uh, infusion with uh, like some house EDM dubstep. So it's going to be like a, like the palate cleanser at the end of the night. Cause everybody's nice. just going to be fucking just head banged out. Um, but yeah, getting, getting your templates up there. Uh, I did one with gumball and banana Joe where banana Joe was in his room by himself looking at the computer and gumball walks in and it's just the flyer for the show with like some music behind it and then it cuts and then gumball just shuts oh, the sick. door. <laughs> so that's, it's just, that's really creative. It's, I mean, it's just, it's the little things like that. Now, granted, I may only get 200, 300 views. I like, I don't, this is, this is a hobby for me. Like, you know, I just do this to help bands uh, like yourself, you know, get, you know, a few more fans and followers as, you know, as much as I can contribute. But I think that, you know, for new bands, obviously the biggest thing is just going to live shows. Even if you just go to support, right? Like you're not even playing. Mm -hmm. um, I yeah. can't. I can't count how many times I've gone to shows and there's just other band members there just hanging out, you know, supporting the local crowd. So, um, but yeah, I wish you guys. I wish you guys the best of luck. Yeah, we really appreciate that. Uh, I think that's one of definitely something that we see here in Houston. If we see like the same not five, 10, maybe 20 folks at shows. <laughs> a lot of them are in local bands. It's awesome to see that, you know, these guys will come out and support. It could be on like a, a freaking Tuesday or a Wednesday, but we'll see like Aaron from Zabellion Triangle or Nat from Architectural Genocide. And like, dude, is this guy's, is this all you do? And they're like, man, we got to support local. That's it, man. And actually speaking of Zabellion, uh, I interviewed them, uh, not, not too far long, long ago in the, in the distant past, but they actually sent me a um like a handwritten note with a CD that was signed, just like you know, thanks for having us on. It was really cool. Like I haven't even opened it yet, so I'm just gonna. Oh, yeah, they're great people. Yeah, that's. I mean, they they play some they play some groovy ass music. So for anybody listening, oh, yeah, check out the Zabellion Triangle out of uh they're south of Houston or they claim Houston, right? Yeah, they're Houston. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought. I knew they were that way. Well, let's let's get to know you guys just as people. Like, what do you guys do? You don't have to say who you work for. Um, I mean, unless you want to, but like, what do you, what does everybody do for like, you know, day jobs? Yeah, I'll go ahead and get started. I'm a industrial real estate broker, uh, during what? the day. Yeah. So we should I talk. Stuff. I got my license, son. Let's, let's make some money. Hey, we'll talk on the side because we're hiring. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll talk on the side about yeah. that, but I've been doing a commercial real estate, uh, pretty much since I got out of the army in 2019. Yeah, got my license, started working with the, I started working with Remax Commercial, which yep. that was a good experience to kind of get my my teeth cut. And then I moved on 
through a more focused commercial brokerage called uh, Oxford Partners. And they've just been absolutely great to work with. Uh, I love everybody that I work with there. It, it's a, I like the industry a lot. I get to meet a lot of different people. I get to you know talk to people from all walks of life, which is, it's really nice. And then I'm a young guy, right? I'm 26 years old. So it's, I get to learn a lot from these folks as well. Because oh, yeah. I get to meet with people that have, built and lost different businesses. They've had to maybe start life over or I've get to talk to some folks that are just incredibly successful and try to get their little golden nuggets of wisdom and then apply them to my own life. Yeah, real estate, man, I got my license last year and did not have enough set aside financially for that first, you know, that first commission check. And mm -hmm. I was like, okay, well, we're going to, we're going to hang this up just for a little bit. Going to keep doing my classes and uh, jump. And that's the good thing about real estate is that, you know, as long as you do your continuing education and go and kind of just knock out the stuff, like your, your license will just continuously be renewed. Um, and you can jump in and jump out whenever you want to. Uh, yeah. So I think, I think that's, I think it's really cool, man. It's really cool. Yeah. I think it lends itself great to music too, because I can be I can be pretty flexible. So if the guys are like, "Hey, we want to practice these days," yeah, you know, I can make my schedule as such. Or if we have you know stuff where like, "Hey, we need to go play up in Oklahoma," I can you know I can work from the road. I can be really really flexible. Um, and with Berkeley, I'm working towards trying to uh, compose for like music, uh, not music, obviously compose music, but compose for like video games, uh, TV shows, movies. Um, cool. So I'm trying to kind of get my hand in that world as well. Nice. Nice. I just work at McDonald's. No, I'm just kidding. Nah, nah. <laughs> it's like he's doing all this. No, I'm just kidding. Nah, I, uh, he's like, I just make fucking fries, bro. Get out of here. <laughs> no, man. I got to. Like, Can we hurry this up? I got to be at work at three. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, nah, I uh, I'm the. Uh, I'm not going to be late. No, nah, I'm the I'm the musical director at a uh, school of rock. No, uh, shit. over here, over here, yeah, over here in Houston. Yeah, so I just kind of oversee all the musical aspect of the. Um, school and i'm also an instructor there i teach uh well obviously mainly bass but I also teach guitar and drums and i'm also an uber driver on side hey, shout out hey right yeah. here with you man yeah but. yeah i think jay downplays it a little bit i mean he he instructs a lot of like young kids so and i mean we always tell him that he's like molding the future minds of oh, metal yeah. yeah it's really hard to teach four-year-olds how to blast beat <laughs> <laughs> But you could teach you could teach a four year old violin on a leap pad. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, obviously it's possible to sit right next to him. So yeah, Appar apparently yeah, no. we missed the memo. We just need a leap pad between the ages of four and six, and we'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. So do you yeah, know? Man, so do you know the people that do School of Rock uh, in San Antonio? I believe they. It's um, is it Menin Menendez? Tarantula Mountain is the band. Um. Oh God, I I'm gonna have to look that up. I'm gonna write that down. Look it up later. Anyway, no, I, I don't think I do. I know. Um, I just uh, I know there's only one in San Antonio. I think there should be more in San Antonio because San Antonio is also a big city and it's a very musical city. A lot of a really good music scene. Very different from Houston as well. Because I've been like I told you ever since I've been going to San Antonio. I've been I've been with my girlfriend for two years, so I've just kind of. I play in a in a little rockabilly punk band in San Antonio called Solitary Runaway. So seeing the differences in both cities is just it's definitely a different vibe. And so it's um, San Antonio is a big musical city. So I feel like there should be more of that to help out because it's not just kids. It's also adults and teenagers, you know, 
anybody wants to learn. And then the difference of School of Rock is that it's not just one-on-one lessons. It's put you in a band, you know, with other kids or people that are in the same level. And we kind of, you know, just teach you Beatles songs. <laughs> start, start slow, but start good. Yeah, exactly. So what I would say as a music uh, uh, instructor, what's, what's one of the hardest things that it is that you have to kind of get through to these people that are learning, whether it's a kid or, or an adult, what's, I guess, or is there like a one kind of hardest thing? Like what frustrates uh, you the most? It, it can depend because uh, also based on age groups. So children, like the, the younger ones, you know, I've always, I've always told musicians, if you really want to test yourself as a musician, do a show for kids because kids are the most honest music oh, critics yeah. because they don't care about your gear. They don't care about how you look or they're not into that. They don't care about stage. I mean, well, yeah, stage presence a little bit, but they don't really care. All they care is does your music make me want to dance? Does it sound good? And the moment it doesn't, they will divert their attention somewhere else. Yeah. They'll be at the merch table. So yeah, they'll be, <laughs> yeah, they'll, yeah, they'll be somewhere else, you know? So I guess it, it's just different, you know, some, uh, every, and every, every student is different. So it's really finding how to connect with the, not just with them as a person, because with kids, you know, you also have to, the, you know, sometimes I'll do, um, like the rehearsals for what we call our, um, a rookies class, which is about six or eight years old, you know, so you can't run it like whiplash style where it's like, get on my tempo or anything <laughs> like that. You know, you have to, kind of almost become like a cartoon character sometimes and kind of keep it fun and do voices and, you know, just kind of just be silly sometimes, you know, uh, um, then, so that can be challenging on the, on the children's side for adults, you know, it's, you know, just finding out how to help, you know, help them out, you know, and how to deliver, uh, how to convey a message that's like, Hey, you're kind of doing it wrong, but you can't tell them like kids, you got to, find a certain way to tell them. So yeah, it's just uh, doing that too. I I could, I could see that you could, you could tell a a 10 year old, Hey, listen, you could just be very honest and be like, Hey, listen, you need to put your hands here or you need to go with this tempo or whatever. You try to tell some late 20, 30 year old that, you know, has been doing it for a while. And you're like, listen, man, you know, try this or try that. There's that. I think, I think it might be like the pride issue. Um, Mm -hmm. Some people, some people just can't take constructive criticism and, and, yeah. and those that seek help, but then turn that help down. It, it's, it, I don't know. It's counterintuitive, but, but yeah, that, exactly, that, yeah. that would make sense. I myself am, uh, see if I can pull this out. I got this gifted to me. It's a hundred dollar Best Buy guitar. Oh, that's right. Uh, this is audio. So I'm actually showing them this guitar that I was gifted. Um, it's a little six string. I'm not even sure like the brand but there's that one ain't nothing wrong with that <laughs> but here's here's the one that i got gifted to me that i need to learn how to play this is a six string kramer uh my buddy gave it to me i think it's actually missing yeah it's missing a string so i'm gonna take this and kind of document it like getting redone and all that jazz and then like mm-hmm. videotape myself taking classes so maybe i'll hit you up and you can hit me up bro tell me how bad i suck <laughs> Yeah, man, I'll, I'll just be straight honest with you, man. No, I was kidding. <laughs> You'd be like, just put I the think... put the guitar down. You're best in front of a microphone. Get out of here. <laughs> like, just stick to podcasting. Just stick bro. to podcasting, Ryan. <laughs> Dude, I I'll remember uh, throw my tantrum. When, 
when I I started to I played guitar when I was like a teenager and I tried to pick it up uh, around the same time Jay and I met. So one day I just bring my my guitar over to a studio, not a studio, but over to his place. And he's like, dude, what the hell is this thing? I'm like, what do you mean? I got it for 80 bucks on Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> I remember that guitar. <laughs> he looks at me, he's like, you know, this is a three-quarter scale, right? And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> well, I put some like Seymour Duncans in it. He's like, bro, those pickups cost more than the guitar. Just get something nicer. <laughs> what was it? What was the first guitar? I it didn't even have a label on it. It was like the one you just showed. I picked it up off like Facebook Marketplace for like 80 bucks because I was like, oh, I want to play violin. I want to get back into playing guitar. And then I brought it over there to jam one day. And he was like, we can't even put this thing in D standard because it won't hold a tune. He's like, throw it away. <laughs> no, no, for real. I think the only reason I have it is because those, those pickups are still in it. But I've, I've since upgraded. Um. Oh, God, here comes my wife. What do you need? <laughs> Come, come, I should get a sign that says, don't enter. What do you, come on in, come on in. You're not on video. Don't worry. Not yet. Here she comes. Sorry, guys. You should see her back there. Look, she's like, I just That's need, fine. I just need to get something from back here. No. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get one of those on live the or on, on air, air signs. Yes. Yeah. Help yeah, me. Yeah. I should, this whole, this whole place should be mine. Yeah. Back at you. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, honey. Sorry, honey. <laughs> no, this is this is the uh, as you can uh, I'm I'm as you can see like it says create, so like all the art stuff is back there. It's kind of out of focus, but over here is Daddy's side of the house. You got the you got the soundboard. Yeah. Oh God, where's that at? Wait, wait. How did I find that last time? Oh, here it is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, now we're just having fun. Uh, Jay, what was your what was your first uh, your first bass? Oh man! Or actually, first... I, I should ask: was bass your first instrument? So whenever I started playing bass, whenever I was um, fifteen, and um, like most musicians, or like a lot of musicians that I know, started off at church. You know, uh, when when I used to go to church with my family and then, um, you know, they started this like music program and it's like it was guitar or bass. I knew it was going to be one of the bows and kind of started dabbling a little bit in bows. But bass, I just just wanted to be different. And then also I just happened to also be discovering Iron Maiden at the same time. And Iron Maiden was the first time that I could like hear the bass doing individual stuff from guitar and I was like damn that's the bass doing that that's so cool so <laughs> I just kind of went down went down the road but I but I still I love playing guitar as well but it's the bass is just way more funner for me he still plays a mean guitar yeah I was gonna say I mean how do you do you since you are teaching it and you said drums also correct yeah and drums yes so do, where do you find the time to just practice well, luckily, at least for now, like I feel like I've been getting better ever since I started working School of Rock. Cause I literally play every day, even though I'm playing simple songs. But like I tell people, it's like if you just and, I, and the same thing I'll tell you, you know, with you know, since you want to learn, it's like even if you play an easy song every day, the fact that you're moving your hand, that you're kind of getting that muscle memory in, that is key to everything. And same thing with drum, my brother is a drummer he went he graduated from u of h he's a he's a music educator at elementary school so shout you know, out to him 
Yeah, he we kind of we were kind of we both started at the, at the same time at the church, and you know he was drum and I was bass, and uh, yeah, you know just I would just hop on the drums, and I feel like I got a good sense of rhythm. I I play bass very percussively, so you know if you got good rhythm, it just kind of translated over to the drums as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, and now and every now and then I just I got when I got a little bit of time extra at work, you know, I go in the practice room and. Just kind of, you know, dabble at something that I need help on. They just walk in. They're like, Jay, what are you practicing? And he's in there just like absolutely shredding or just killing the drums. He's like, this is my next lesson plan for the five-year-olds. We're going to learn blast beats. <laughs> yeah, blast beats and two-hand tapping. <laughs> we're, we're <laughs> <double> t- <laughs> yeah, that would. <laughs> God, I, could, I would love to go to that show. Just six-year-olds just crushing it. Wasn't there a... One of the teenagers that you did a show with had a sanguisuga bog. Yeah, we, yeah, we, um, as a music director, we, uh, School of Rock is like, you know, nation, like I think world international, there's schools in other countries as well. Oh yeah. And, and they have, um, what are called the all-star band. This is literally like the creme de la creme of all the, the top students around the nation. Like every school has a house band and then, you know, you audition and pretty much just the highest, like the, the the highest band you can get in the school of rock realm. And sometimes they'll do little tours. Okay. You know, and, and in those tours, they have the house bands of that city opening up. So we were at the show in Houston. And, uh, and I remember always saying like, oh, yeah, I want to bring some death metal into it, you know, kind of. And I'm looking at the band and there's a kid with a, a Sandra Sugabog. Right, the, is that my saying it right? The band yeah, Sanguisugaba. Sanguisugaba. They're from Ohio. Is that just like a kill? What is that? I, I think it means Latin. It's some. It's a Latin word, but they are just an absolutely badass uh, kind of new wave death metal band out of Ohio that has been like making the rounds. I think they're going. Oh, was he was he wearing a, a shirt or something? Yeah, um, I thought you were asking about the band. Sorry. Yeah, they have they have a very unique looking logo. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, no, I thought I thought he I thought he was mentioning like the name of some style of guitar that he walked into. You're saying this kid walked in with a like a death metal shirt on. You're like, I yeah, know, you're my guy. You're my guy. Their logo is one of those where you would not be able to decipher it. It's like one of those like it's tumbleweeds. Yeah, tumbleweeds. Literally, and uh, but at the same time, kind of, I feel like it worked in favor for that band because now like that image like of their logo is popular so i saw it and i was like hey this kid this kid looks all right you know (laughs) (laughs) oh man just walks yeah you can just pick him out from the crowd you're like okay that kid third row he definitely knows what he's doing or at least we're gonna try to teach him to yeah exactly man but but that's fun man that's fun you know just um getting to because you get some kids that you can tell you know it's just their parents you know like you know you try you put them in different things to see what sticks but then yeah. when you get the kids that actually like are into it because they want to learn, man, it's actually pretty exciting to like, you know, share your passion and your love with them. And then you're also seeing like that that it's helping them out, not just musically, but in their their lives as well. You know, so it's a it can be pretty rewarding at times. Well, that's cool, man. I think I think it's great that uh, that you're out there you know, hustling and, and doing that. And, and you're, I'm assuming that your main students are, you know, younger, younger, younger folks. 
Yeah, a lot of them, yeah, they range in the, from eight-year-olds to, like, teenagers, and I have a couple of adult students as well. That's cool. That's cool. Well, man, that's that's really interesting. I think, uh, you know, doing stuff for the kids is always a, a bonus. Uh, actually, the band that I just interviewed a couple weeks ago, a band called Torrential Rain out of Germany, they have a benefit concert going on at the end of the year for kids. Um, so it's just, it's always good to hear that, you know, artists, whether they play pop or metal or country or rock or whatever, just, you know, getting out there and getting tomorrow's kids all, you know, trained up and ready to go and just sharing a part of your life that, you know, what you find fun and beneficial to your, you know, mental health and social health that, you know, you get to share that and show them that, you know, this is, this, this is fun. This is, this is the way. But yeah, like the kids that are there just because the parents are like, go, just get, get out of the house. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, poor, those poor kids. God knows their parents will probably fuck their, anyway, that's, I shouldn't go there. <laughs> uh, well, guys, I've had, I've had an amazing time. Uh, it was really nice to, to, you know, get to meet you guys and talk to you on such a short notice. So I, I appreciate your time. Um, any, any final thoughts, any, any saved rounds and, uh, where can everybody find you as far as social media? Yeah. So we're on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Spotify, pretty much all major streaming platforms. Uh, we've got uh, another song coming out here in a couple of weeks called synthetic womb. We've got a show with a, upon a burning body that we mentioned December 17th. Uh, we're going to try to get some other shows like January, February, March, and then we're going to have a EP coming out shortly after that. If you guys need help, I guess I should say you guys want to play Austin, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, right. so we'd love to. I'll send you an email to where you can send your stuff over and kind of just get on the, you know, the roster. That way. Yeah, right. Um, it's a come and take it. A come, come and take it live is my sponsor. So they said anytime that I talk to folks, especially locals that are new or trying to get out of one market and into another one, just to let them know, typically just, you know, forward your EPK and all that. Or, you know, if you guys are like, Hey, you know, any shows happening in, you know, January, February, March, and I can look at the calendar and see kind of like, Oh yeah, you guys would fit well with this. And then I'll just forward it. I'm just kind of like a middleman. I'm not a, I'm not a booking agent or a broker. I just, I just help out where I can just recommend bands where you can. Yeah. Cause I mean, you know, the venue they're, they're, they're busy with, with all of the bigger national bands and routing and touring and, you know, all that fun stuff. But when it comes time to, you know, National tour plus three needs two, three local bands to open. Who you got? I mean, I'll get a, we'll get a text message. It's a group thread. It'll be like, you know, tell me, tell me who we should get on this bill or tell me who would sound good with this band. So um, I think it's cool that they, that they kind of put that, put that trust in, in myself and a few others to kind of just keep them aware of what's going on in the various forms and the various genres throughout yeah. Texas. So we got boots on the ground. Yeah, exactly. You know, eyes eyes and ears in in the in the set in the set list so um but yeah i'm excited to hear the new stuff uh wh whenever you guys have stuff to share just shoot it over to me it's it's you know it takes 10 seconds of my life to put something together and throw it out there for you guys so uh the inbox is always open oh yes sir Absolutely. yeah we'll definitely be reaching out yeah thank you and thank you very much for having us on the show oh yeah yeah no problem uh any final shout outs anybody you want to specifically say thank you to or or uh or thank you for Upon a burning body, absolutely. Thank you for having us on the on the upcoming show in December. That was, I mean, Jake Jay's got 
kind of a personal relationship with those guys, but to even be considered as a new band to to play with them is for me, it's mind blowing. I'm I'm very, very grateful. And I I think I can speak for the rest of the group that we're very grateful to be involved with them and for them to kind of take us on the journey with them. Cool. Jay, what about you, man? Uh, Shout out School of Rock to Heights. Uh, Shout out Houston Astros. uh, We're going to get in the World Series tonight. (laughs) Going to beat the Texas Rangers for all you Rangers fans listening. Hey, I hope I hope this ages well. <laughs> I know, right? I'm hoping it comes out a week later, and I'll be like, "Oh, dang!" Yeah, I, I'll just I'll pay attention because I was gonna watch it tonight too. Uh, so I'll pay attention. So if uh, if they lose, I'll just cut it out. Okay, this never happened. <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna shout out School of Rock, and that's it. <laughs> anyway, shout out School of Rock. And uh, thanks, man. Yeah, be like, what was shout that ten, 10 second dead space? <laughs> nah, don't worry about it. Just add a little horn to it. Shout out to Thorn. <laughs> yeah. Just fill it up. There you but, go. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate your time. Uh, I, I'm really excited for you know what's to come. And for everybody listening, go check them out. It's Vox Nostra, V-O-X-N-O-S-T-R-A. I will warn you, if you go to Spotify, there are two Vox Nostras. I don't know where the other one was from, but it definitely was not your band. I can tell you that 100%. Um, so I'll put all the links in the description. That way everybody knows exactly who who to go look for. And they're, you know, all the all the leg will be taken out of them. So um, but anyway, again, thank you guys very much. And uh, hopefully one day I'll get to see you guys here in uh, in Austin on 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 stage. Hopefully very soon. Looking forward to it. All right, well if I hear of anything, I'll let you know and then I'll give you I'll give you guys a heads up whenever this is uh, done and edited and then uh, we'll just throw it out in the social and see what happens. We'll, yeah. we'll do the same, man. Appreciate it again, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, no worries, man. I had a great time. I'll see you guys later. Yeah, have a good day. Thanks, right. Ryan. Bye.